Stop judging others and you will not be judged. Stop criticising others or it will all come back to you. If you forgive others, you will be forgiven. If you give, you will receive. Your gift will return to you in a full measure, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more and running over. Whatever measure you use in giving, large or small, it will be used to measure what is given back to you. Then Jesus gave the following illustration. What good is it for one blind person to lead another? The first one will fall into a ditch and pull the other one down also. A student is not greater than the teacher, but the student who works hard will become like the teacher. And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying, friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Hypocrites. First, get rid of the log from your own eye. Then perhaps you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. Well, friends, it's lovely to see you. And uh, for those who've been away, I hope you've had a great time. Um, we as a family went away for a week. We went uh, down to Cannes in the south of France and had a very nice uh, week away. Very posh it was, very posh. So um, uh, lovely to get some guaranteed heat in what has been the wettest summer in I don't know how long, hasn't it, really? And apart from, of course, our week at New Wine, which was also glorious. So I'm not saying the sun shines on the righteous, but I've gone everywhere and it's been sunny this summer. So... Um, uh, welcome back to uh, our regular services at St Paul's. Just, I, I always think this is uh, a great term, actually, as we're, I know you don't want to think about it, but as we work towards Christmas and, and uh, uh, build, build that opportunity to share something of the good news with others and, uh, who are in our community. Um, I, I want to think this morning uh, on this passage, but particularly in the context of uh, the Alpha course that's coming up. Um, Chris and I are going to be running uh, the evening Alpha course. Karen Young and her team are going to be running a daytime Alpha course. And um, we are really hoping that anybody who's not done Alpha or would like to do a refresher on Alpha will come back and do it with us uh, this term. Um, we noticed from the um, survey that we did at Vision Night um, back in January, January, February, that there were a high proportion of St. Paul's that hadn't been through an Alpha course. And it's such a good course for a grounding in the Christian faith. And it's such a good thing to do together that we thought actually it would be great to do a sort of sweep up and say, come and do it with us. So it'd be a great fun thing to do. And um, if you've not done it or you'd like to do a refresher, we would love you to come and participate in that uh, with us. How does that relate to uh, the reading we had this morning? Well, the reading we had this morning was all about judging, wasn't it? Do not judge, it says. And we love to judge, don't we? We judge the Prime Minister on how he's doing, the Deputy Prime Minister on how they're doing. We judge the government. We judge the royal family. We judge everybody around us. We love to judge. Drivers, I think, are the worst. We love to judge every other driver on the road. 
They're either driving too fast and they're a maniac, or they're driving too slow and they're an irritation. Of course, the only people that have got it right are us. We're going at exactly the right speed for the road that we're on and the conditions that there are on that road. But we judge everybody else. We judge people for all sorts of things. We judge people by what they wear. We judge people by their hairstyles. We judge celebrities. Uh, My daughter was in the kitchen the other day watching, catching up on X Factor. This is after we've been in France. She wanted to come back, and the first thing she did was catch up on X Factor. It's very sad, I thought, but she caught up on X Factor. And she was watching one particular clip, and um, I was transfixed by it, as they, of course, make judgments on X Factor, and this particular girl didn't take this judgment very well. So I'd like you to watch this just for a couple of minutes uh, this morning. Thank you. Okay, thank you, Zoe. Uh, Nicole. Hi, Zoe. I, I really like your energy up there. I think you have a, a pretty good voice. I honestly think that you need to go away and take the time to find yourself as an artist, who you are. Yeah, Zoe, I'm confused with the identity issue. You know, coming out saying you wanted an identity, then you sing pink. I thought that the second song was much better, um, but I do think you need to go away and really find your own lane and find what sounds right for your voice, because at the moment it just sounds like every other average sort of singing voice. Yeah, Zoe, it's a pity because you've got a great look. You absolutely look like a pop star, but the vocal was just very, very average. But I think with time, you could be fantastic. But I think you need to go and find yourself and come back to Zoe. So we're going to vote, Jerry. Zoe, I'm afraid it's a no from me. Nicole? I'm sorry, it's a no today. Talisa? Sorry, it's a no for now. You told me to sing a pink song. I didn't want to sing a pink song. You guys told me to sing a pink song. We never told you I to sing a pink song. We, we, I, wanna be, I wanted to be me. You we, guys told me to sing a pink we, song. We heard a second song. We never told you to sing a pink song. Did you hear that come out of our, our, our mouths, any of us? Listen, we had a second song from you as well. Zoe. You sang a, a second song. Zoe. You did. It was your audition, and you messed up. I'm sorry. I'll just leave it, Zoe, come on. Zoe, you sang a second song. 
I tried to help her. You did just to come back as Zoe. And we gave her a second chance. She got the same chance everyone else gets. For more exclusive, like real exclusive clips, just press the button below there. That one there, yeah. That one. Well, okay. She, she didn't like the judgment so much, I don't, I don't think. Uh, we had to look up what pink was actually like. And what she was doing was totally imitating somebody else and not being her. We discovered that, having followed through those things. But uh, when, we, when we judge somebody or somebody is judged, it causes a strong reaction within us. Uh, that's perhaps rather over the top and I hope people wouldn't react in that way but but judgment is such a harsh thing isn't it there's an old saying that when you point a finger at somebody else there's generally three fingers pointing back at you when we judge somebody else there's generally three fingers pointing back at us because we actually don't have the legs to stand on to judge another person. Um, in our reading it says this, do not judge others and you'll not be judged. Do not condemn others or it will all come back against you. Forgive others and you'll be forgiven. Give and you'll receive. Your gift will return to you in full. Press down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. For the amount you give will determine the amount that you get back. I think what Jesus is doing here is he's saying there's two realities in life that we can buy into. One reality is judgment and condemnation. We judge other people all the time. We condemn others for what they do. We condemn their lives for what they do. Or we can buy into the reality of giving and forgiving. That's the reality within which Jesus himself lived. The reality of saying, uh, my life is poured out for others. I give my life to others all the time. And in so doing, I forgive others for who they are and what they have done, even if it is to us. And Jesus tells us that that is the currency, the vehicle, the mode that God wants us to use through which we live our lives to extend something of his kingdom to other people. Verse 36 of Luke says this, You must be compassionate just as your heavenly Father is compassionate. Or you must be merciful, just as God is merciful. God is in the forgiveness game. And many of us know the reality, both, uh, of that, know both the reality of that and the relief of that. So often we live in the blame game, don't we? It's somebody else's fault. I'm sure none of you have ever done that in an argument. You know, It's somebody else's fault. It's their fault. They're the one that's to blame. They're the one that's got it wrong. Or perhaps you've been blamed for something you haven't done. Have you ever had that? You've been blamed for something you haven't done. We react back really badly. That wasn't me. I didn't, you know, however it might be. The Bible tells us that as soon as sin entered the world, we, mankind, began to hide uh, by our own efforts the wrongs that we have done. And God came to expose that, to reclothe us in something of the right way uh, to live. God wants to offer us forgiveness and restoration and new beginnings. 
The Bible describes us as trying to cover our sins, trying to hide our wrongdoings, making us go on the attack and judge others, lest we be judged. That's so often how uh, we live our lives. We, we condemn others because it makes us look a bit better, actually, and, and we don't really want people to inspect our own lives. Now, in Genesis, God, uh, man uh, blames the woman. The woman blames the serpent. And as the old saying goes, the serpent didn't have a leg to stand on. So, you know, it's all somebody else's fault the whole time. And we've just continued that through. It's always someone else's fault. Someone else is uh, to blame. We look for a scapegoat for our own lives. We look to judge others lest we be judged. And Jesus says that's not how it's supposed to be. He says, don't judge others and you won't be judged. Don't condemn and you won't be condemned. Forgive, that's the positive. Forgive and you will be forgiven. In other words, look at your own life first. Don't, don't look at somebody else's life, I judge you. Someone else, I condemn you. I'm looking at your life. He says, don't live like that. He says, live a life of forgiveness and you will know forgiveness. Live a life where you offer people uh, hope and a new future. Now, this isn't saying that anything goes. It isn't saying that we're to be blind to other people's faults in our lives. He goes on in verse 43. Um, he says this, a good, tree can't produce ba- a, a good tree can't produce bad fruit, and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. A tree is identified by its fruit. Figs are never gathered from thorn bushes, and grapes are not picked from bramble bushes. A good person produces good things from the treasury of of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. Jesus is saying there are uh, people in this world, and some are good and some are bad. That is true. Some people seem to make good, right, wise decisions. Others don't. Some people seem to think of themselves. Others seem to think of other people. And Jesus isn't saying that we're to be blind to everyone's faults. But Jesus tells us to recognize different people by the fruit of their lives. He wants us to live lives that are discerning, not judgmental. Not to feel superior in any way, but rather requires us to walk humbly, offering forgiveness and being a signpost to the kingdom of God. Micah 6 verse 8 says this, O people of the Lord, the Lord has told you what is good and this is what he requires of you. Do what is right, to love mercy and to walk humbly before your God. That's what God wants our lives to be like. To do what is right, to love mercy and to walk humbly. He says it's not about judging others' faults. It's not about judging other people. I wonder what comes out of you in a time of pressure. I wonder what's in your heart. There's an old saying that says Christians are so often like tea bags. Uh, You look pretty harmless, but when you're put in hot water, you see what's truly on the inside. It all comes out. You know, when the pressure's on, when the heat's on, in that moment of of conflict, uh, we see what is on 
the inside. It might be when you're driving, it could be in an argument, it could be in a stressful situation, it could be in a place of heat and tension. That's, what's, that's when what's truly on the inside comes out. And so we so often uh, live lives playing the blame game rather than the forgiveness game. And Jesus says there's a danger in that. For with the measure you use, he says, how you treat others, you too will be treated. As we judge others, we too will be judged. As we use our words on others, then they'll use their words on us. We can't win if we live lives in the blame game. That poor girl who did that on TV... That YouTube clip's been watched by nearly five million people now. I mean, talk about putting your faults out publicly. That poor girl, she'll take years to recover from that if she ever does, to live life in that way. But there's something within her, and, you know, this this is just trying to see what happened. Her father came out and started shouting at the judges. And you think, what's home like? What does she inherit? What what atmosphere was there that she's now reproducing? That poor girl who who that happened to. Um, And he says this, uh, he says, Why worry about the speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying, Friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye. Hypocrite, first get rid of the log in your own eye, then you'll, you'll see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. The thing about uh, people who live judgmental lives is that they're, they're always judging others, but actually we're, we're, they're blind to their own faults. That, that's the worst thing about someone who's judgmental, is we're blind to our own faults. We're blind to actually what's going on in our own lives because we're so busy looking at other people's lives that we fail to stop and look at ourselves. What am I like? What's going on uh, in my life? They fail to notice that they've got a socking great log sticking out of their own eye. Uh, And when someone lives a judgmental life, they're thinking that everybody else is wrong the whole time. Well, that's all very well, but what is, what are we, how do we deal with that? What does this passage say for us today? Well, I, I want to bring four things out. The fourth is the most important, but four things out very briefly. And the first is this. If we're not going to be judgmental, we've got to learn to laugh at ourselves. That's not laugh at others, that's laugh at yourself. You've got to learn to see yourself, the reality of who you are. We all have faults. I hope that's not news to anybody here. We all have faults. We all have things that are wrong in our lives. We all have flaws in our characters. We all have them. There are, there are, there are ways in which we speak. There are things in which we, that we do. There are attitudes that we have. We all have them. And we have to learn. We have to learn to laugh at, at who we are and, and what we get wrong, at the absurdity of our own smugness at times. I think God is very ready with a pin uh, waiting to prick any overinflated sense of self that we might have. And of course, the passage, this passage that we're looking at today comes just after Jesus' teaching about loving your enemies. That's a challenge. So he's, he's doing some teaching, he's saying to his listeners, he's saying, 
You've got to love your enemies. Of course, the Jews were judgmental on their enemies, terribly judgmental. Now, that's not a judgment on them. I think we can be just as judgmental. And Jesus is saying, you've got to love your enemies. You've got to change the attitude, change the way in which people are seen. You've got to learn to forgive. The Jews judged the Samaritans dreadfully, and she asked a little bit later, a couple of chapters later on, Jesus tells the story of the Good Samaritan. I think it's just a, a continuation of the, this uh, uh, illustration of loving your enemies and of not judging others. Those that the Jews judged. He says, oh, I, I'll tell you a story about a Jew. A Jew, and they all prick their ears up. It was one of us. Yeah, it, it was going on a, a road from Jerusalem to Jericho. You won't believe it, but he got robbed. Oh, that's awful. One of ours got robbed. That's awful. And a priest came along, one of the people you hold in high regard. He came along. You'll never guess what he walked straight past. That's dreadful. He shouldn't have done that. And, and, and then a Levite came along. He should have helped, but he didn't want to get uh, affected in this at all. So he went past her. That's dreadful. And then he comes in with his punchline. He says, and then a Samaritan came along. Oh, no, they're probably thinking. One of our enemies. One of those that we judge. And he says, you know this Samaritan, he, he picked up one of yours. He picked up your friend. And he put him on his donkey. And he saw him through to the next town. And he left him with the innkeeper and he paid for his keep. And, and I think Jesus was trying to get over this fact. And I think continually throughout history, we've been trying to get over our, our, our People around us are not our enemies. They're our friends. I read a, a book, it was many years ago now, Five People You Meet in Heaven by Mitch somebody, I can't remember his name, but Mitch who? Album. Yeah, that's it. It was a good book. And there was a little line in that book, there was a little line in that book, it said, uh, the, the stranger in the street is the friend you're yet to meet. And I read that, I thought, that's such a great little saying. The stranger in the street is the friend you're yet to meet. I love it, actually. I, I love it. I know it frustrates Linz when I go somewhere because I like talking to people who are strangers. Because you just never know, do you? You never know what you find out. We went to see some friends yesterday. We went to see some friends. And uh, just before we got there, Joss and I cycled uh, down to Oxford and uh, a little day out, father and son, little day out trip. Poor fellow was absolutely knackered at the end of it. But <laughs> we cycled to Oxford and we got there and we thought we just need to recover. And so we lay in this church. I said, There's a, there was a church just down the road from my friend's house. And we got into the We went into the churchyard, opened the lich gate, went through the lich gate, parked our bikes against a gravestone, and then lay in the sun on the grass. We'd been there about 10 minutes, and this woman came in. And she said, Oh, are you doing, having a nice time? And I was thinking, Oh, no, we're probably doing the wrong thing, you know. So I said, I better not tell her I'm a vicar. So, you know, she came, we had this conversation. And, uh, but actually, I get really. Um, uh, I get really uh, excited at talking to new people. I really enjoy it. So I, I sort of sat up and I started having this conversation and poor Joss is thinking, oh, go away, probably. But, you know, we have this conversation and, and within, within 15 minutes I found out all about her family. I knew about her son. I knew how his ASs had gone, where he was hoping to go to university and what he was doing and, and, and about her husband and what job he had and what she had. And We had a great conversation. And she said, oh, what are you doing here? And we said, oh, we come to see so-and-so-and-so. And, so and, so. and uh, she said, oh, they're my neighbours. 
I was thinking, oh, okay. So we had this little chat, you see, and, and we talked about church, and I discovered where she, that she was a Christian, and we had this conversation about that, and whether she should stay at that church or move to a more lively church, and what she should do. And she said, oh, it's been so good talking to you. So we, we went back, and we went to see our friends, and, and uh, we're talking to them, and I said, oh, I met your neighbor, and I told them what I knew, and they said, gosh, we, we've lived here 26 years. You know more than we do. See, it, it, the, the, the stranger in the street is the friend you are yet to meet. If we just give people time, just give them a bit of time, there's a lot there. There's a lot there that we can learn. And, and Jesus says, look, don't judge people. Don't judge people. Uh, and he's trying to get this over to the Jews. And I think that we've got to have it for ourselves as well. Secondly, so we lo- learn to laugh at ourselves. Secondly, we've got to get things in proportion. I think that's why he tells the story about the log in our eye and the speck in the other person's eye. He says, get it in proportion. In other words, the problem is 99% me and 1% you. Now, that also works the other way around. If you have an issue with me, that's 1% my fault and... I'll let you work out the rest. But it, 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 it works to get it in proportion. Get it in proportion. It, it's, it's we, if we're judging somebody else, we have the issue. We have, we have to hold it lightly. If I'm making a judgment on others, I have an issue. I need to deal with it. Keep it in proportion. So firstly, laugh at yourself. Secondly, keep it in proportion. Thirdly, every time we feel a critical spirit rising, I think what Jesus encourages us to do here, he says, this is a moment for self-reflection. What's coming out of you? It's a moment for self-reflection. I found myself praying for that poor girl in that clip, that she would just pause and think, what was that about? I need to change. Now, I'll never meet her, I've got no idea if she will. But I pray she will, because she's probably really lovely. She just needs to reflect a bit more on what comes out in a place of tension. And, and if we allow stuff to come out that shouldn't come out, it's bad for us and bad for everybody else. Use self-reflection. Stop and think. And then fourthly and most importantly, here's the key thing. Because it's Jesus that's teaching here And Jesus, it's him that we're to look to. Jesus is the only one who was sinless. He's the only one who was qualified to judge in any way. He was the only one who was qualified to cast a stone. He was the only one who was to say, shame on you. But he never did. He never did. He lived a life of astonishing grace. He never played the blame game. He challenged them to look at themselves, but he never played the blame game. In John 3, 16, 17, it says this, Jesus came into the world not to condemn the world, but to save it. Not to condemn. Not to say you've got it wrong. Not to say, look, you know, your life needs dealing with. He didn't come to do that. He didn't come to condemn. He came to say, there's salvation. There's a better way. There's a greater opportunity. 
He came to the world to offer forgiveness, hope, help and mercy. He came and opened his arms for us on a cross. And he said he knows he knows that we've sinned, but he doesn't want to put shame or blame on our shoulders. He says, I'll take it on mine. I won't place it on yours. I'll place it on mine. I won't blame you. I'll take it on mine, he says. And I'll offer you a new way of life. If we're judgmental friends, it's because we've forgotten the power of the cross. If we remember the power of the cross, we can't be judgmental. Don't live in the realm of condemnation and judgment. Jesus has asked us not to do that. Live in the realm of forgiveness and giving. Live in the realm of mercy and grace. Live in the realm of generosity. If we live that way, we will not only change our own hearts, but will change the hearts of those around us. And you know, I think that the Alpha Course is a great opportunity to stop and reflect. It's a great opportunity to think about the characteristics of God, about our relationship with God, and how we as individuals can be better people. And I, I, I honestly think if we focus on our lives and getting our lives right, we'll act as greater witnesses to Christ, just through who we, who we are and how we live to other people. And I so want to encourage you. There are some forms at the back. There are some forms at the back to sign up on, Alpha, on the Alpha course. Chris and I in the evening, Karen and the team in the morning, we would love you. We would love you to join us. You might say, oh, I've done that. I did it 10 years ago. Come and do it again. You might say, I've never done it. I don't think I need to do it. Come and do it with us. Come and do it. Let's have a really big church-wide Alpha course. It'll be great fun. We'll eat together every week. That's great fun. You'll get to know other people. That's really worth doing. You'll make new friends. That's always worth doing. And more than that, you'll meet God in a special way. And you will be changed by both the teaching and by those around you as we seek to reflect him. Is that okay? Let's stand together, shall we?